0: Good morning, guys. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. For those of you tuning in, I'm glad you're here. Glad you got up this morning, back in with us. Uh, We are coming to you live virtually again in the year 2021. Happy New Year's. COVID-19 continues, but our series in the wilderness does not.
1: Phil is going to lead
0: us out of the wilderness today (laughs) and into the promised land. And I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Guys, Phil is uh, on his patio in Fairhope. Uh, he'll be coming to us uh, through the control center that Jeff has set up through the Zoom meeting. For those of you that uh, tune in uh, recorded recorded, uh, glad you're here. Glad you're participating. Guys, uh, this is the time of year when we regather after a two-week sabbatical, uh, and guys have a tendency of getting out of the routine. I know when I woke up this morning, I told my wife, Man, you know, I can miss one week and it may be okay, but two weeks, I got to start my routine over again. So, touch base with those guys that you're normally uh, sitting next to when we're meeting at Seaspire. Your friends, fellowship with, uh, remind them that we're meeting still virtually, and we've continued uh, this year in 2021. With that, let me open this with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you so much for Phil and his preparedness, and for Jeff and Jeff and Chris as they help put this program together each week. Lord, with all that's going on in our country right now, with the devastation of the pandemic, um, with elections, with the turmoil, I ask that you would cover us, cover our country, Lord. Bring us back to you. Allow us to see your face. Lord, as we start this new series, I ask that you would bless Phil, anoint him, allow him to bring your message to us. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. All right. Am I good to go, Jeff? You're good to go. All right. Greetings, my friends, from Fairhope, Alabama, uh, this morning as we begin uh, 2021 at Men's Roundtable. And um, I don't know if you can hear in the background, but it is pouring rain uh, here. Uh, I'm on my patio and by the fireplace and um, in a... uh, warm place uh this morning and uh i'm telling you i I was so thankful this morning when i got up that we were back at men's round table uh certainly not the way we would like to be back in terms of being in the ceasefire building and uh um, uh, shaking hands with one another uh, hugging each other and enjoying each other's company but certainly uh via uh the uh, modality of zoom we are together. And I am so glad uh, that we can begin um, our time together in 2021 uh, at Men's Roundtable. Thanks for tuning in uh, this morning and again for another year. Um, I'm excited about our new series, um, Joshua, Take the Land, Be the Man. Um, And just as God um, led the children of Israel out of the wilderness into the promised land. We're gonna use kind of that whole idea and that um, journey and the historical story of of God's redemptive plan uh, through Joshua as a model for us as we go into 2021. And I I hope you printed out the uh, handout and Chris, uh, thank you again for uh, faithfully doing the handouts every week. But I've included on the handout a, a painting by Benjamin West, and um, you won't be able to see it well on the handout, it's pretty small. Chris has to reduce the uh, uh, size of it. But uh, Jeff's throwing it up on the screen. You can see it uh, on the screen. And this painting um, by Benjamin West is entitled Joshua Passing the River Jordan with the Ark of the Covenant. And it's it's a powerful uh, picture, and, and I love bringing art um, uh, in all forms, whether it be music or video clips or even paintings uh, into our time together. But I wanted to, to just highlight this painting. 40 years in the wilderness, God uh, commissions Joshua to lead the people over the Jordan River. Now, in the painting, what you see is the Ark of the Covenant being carried by the priests Uh, And as they stepped into the River Jordan, leading the people, people behind the Ark of the Covenant, the river dried up. Just an amazing part of God's redemptive plan. And the only thing that's uh, erroneous in the painting is that the Ark of the Covenant in the painting is uncovered. Now, in the biblical history, when the Ark of the Covenant was on the move, it was covered by skins and blue cloth. And so what you see is the Ark of the Covenant leading the people, uh, obviously symbolizing the presence of God. They follow God throughout the process. Um, In the foreground um, is the altar of 12 stones, because God then uh, commissioned uh, the people, to take 12 stones out of the Jordan River and build an altar. And those 12 stones are in in the foreground of the painting. What's amazing about those 12 stones is that the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament were engraved on those stones. I mean, that is amazing. How long did that take? Uh, How long did that take? Some of us can't even write in our journals on a daily basis. And the Hebrew priests engraved the whole Torah on the 12 stones. Obviously, the 12 stones symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel. But um, painting by Benjamin West uh, is uh, kind of our pictorial symbol for our series. I want to begin, uh, obviously, each time as we always do with a song, And in this series, what I'm going to do, we're going to create another playlist on Spotify. The playlist will be entitled, Be the Man. And uh, each week, I'll offer you a song, uh, a country song, a secular song, uh, a Christian song, a song about men searching. Uh, The title of our series, of course, is Joshua, Take the Land, Be the Man. The title of our Spotify playlist will be The Man. And this morning, I want to offer you a song. Um, we've actually played it uh, at Men's Table before, and the song is by Chris Young, The Man I Want to Be. Let me just read to you the beginning of the song. God, I'm down here on my knees because it's the last place left to fall, begging for another chance, if there's any chance at all, that you might still be listening, loving and forgiving guys like me. I've spent my whole life getting it all wrong, and I sure could use your help because from now on, I want to be a good man. I do like I should man. I want to be the kind of man the mirror likes to see. Isn't that a great line? May you hear the voice of God, and may he open our hearts to what he has for us this morning.
0: Where you headed? Away from here.
2: Hungry? Nah, I'm good. Giving up too early, you know, it ain't over just yet. What do you know? A lot more than you. <laughs> it's a woman, ain't it? Yeah, I know. You know, you need to make a phone call. Nah, I've already tried that. She won't answer my phone calls. No, no, no man. You need to make a phone call. You want to get it right? Yeah, of course I do, but I just tell you what. You take this corner, you go around the corner there. You'll see. Go on, boy. There ain't no time like the present. down here on my knees cause it's the last place left to fall begging for another chance if there's any chance at all that you might still be listening loving and forgiving guys like me I've spent my whole life A good man, I do like I shouldn't, man. I wanna be the kind of man the mirror likes to see. I wanna be a strong man. Could you see what you could do To put some love back in her heart Cause it's gonna take a miracle After all I've done to really make her see
0: That I wanna be a stay
2: man I wanna be a brave man I wanna be the kind of man On his dream, but Lord. Into to the man I want to be.
1: Amen, amen. God, make me the man you want me to be. Be on the alert, stand firm in your faith, act like men, be strong. Words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Guys, let's dig in. Uh, Our new series, Joshua, take the land, be the man. Follow with me as I read our introductory paragraph. The book of Joshua is the book of conquest. The battlefield is Canaan. And it is where God keeps his promise that he made with Abraham. In this study, we will use the land possessed by Joshua and the people of Israel as a metaphor to understand how we take possession of what it means to be a Christian man. We will examine 10 issues that men face every day. And every day is a battle to be fought. You must fight. Will you? What are you fighting for? And I, and I trust, just as the song mentions, that what we'll fight for more than anything is just simply be the man that God wants us to be and be proclaimed as followers of God. I want you to pick up your pen. Let's go to work. And as we go to work and as we work through these questions uh, each week and as we begin the first year, I would just hold up once again, uh, this is my journal. Uh, what's interesting is uh, my journal is entitled "The Bible in Pictures," and what's cool about my journal is uh, there's a guy in Shreveport, Louisiana, that he makes journals uh, from old books, and so this is an old Bible, and he leaves some of the pictures of the um, pictorial Bible in it, and then here's my. Uh, journal pages. So I want you to have a journal. Obviously uh, that's what we work with every week as we begin is journaling. And I want you to start your year um, as a journaler uh, for sure. I hope that you have volumes of journals on your shelf. So I have three questions for you. Let's journal these three questions. First question, what is your biggest challenge for this year. Your biggest challenges should be what are your biggest challenges for this year? What are you facing? One of the ways that I would suggest that you even think about that is the ways that uh, Luke two fifty two says that Jesus grew. Uh, he grew uh, physically. He grew emotionally and in, in wisdom. He grew um, relationally with others, and he grew spiritually. So, what are you facing physically? Some of you are facing serious illnesses, and I, we were just talking with Walter Walford. Walter, we're so glad you're here, man. What a battle that you face physically! Thank you, God, for bringing Walter through that whole process of COVID-19. Emotionally. Some of you um, are experiencing lots of anxiety during the season. What are you facing emotionally? Fears and anxieties. Relationally, just like in the uh, song and the story, uh, many of you are are, are facing relationship issues, uh, marriage issues, uh, wayward children issues, friendships broken, relationship issues, and then just spiritually, what are your challenges in terms of walking with God? And I, and, and I can't emphasize this enough. Begin each day, whether it's five minutes, 30 minutes, or an hour, on your knees, journaling and listening to God's word. Uh, that would be reading his word, but when we read his word, we need to be listening for his voice because he speaks through his word. What are your challenges? And then the second question that I would invite you to to journal, what are your greatest resources? Do an assessment. What are your greatest resources? Now, here's a a scary one. My greatest resource is my willpower. Dude, you're going down. I I talk about this so often. I meet with uh, men struggling with addiction all the time. And, And I've told many stories through the years. So how are you going to stop your addiction? I'm I'm just going to stop. No, you're not. No, you're not. I I just talked even this week in the beginning of the year, a man who's struggling with alcohol addiction. He 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 got in a program. He's structured. He's got a plan. He's got a good structure. He's meeting uh, daily, uh, in an AA meeting. He's meeting twice a week with an addiction therapist, and he's seeing me. Uh, once a week. Uh, and he's got a family that's supporting him. He's got resources around him. And yet it's a battle every day. What are your resources? And and those resources have got to be anchored in uh, friends, family, and relationships. All healing is relational. If you're relying on your willpower to get you through, you're going to fall. You're going to fail. It's relationships, living in community, living in community, living in community. We talk about it all the time. And then finally, what is the story you want to tell on the last day of this year? Write that out. Um, you know, obviously you don't have time to write that out this morning, but I hope even in in the next couple of days over the weekend that that you'll sit down and and write your testimony, if you will, of what you would like to be telling friends and family on December 31st, 2021. What would you like to be saying? Joshua, take the land, be the man. Let's dig in. This morning, let's roll. I love that, that came out of course, the whole 9-11 plane crash. Uh, We're all familiar. uh, I can't remember the guy's name now that that said that uh, famously, made that line uh, famous as they attacked the uh, terrorists that were in the cockpit of the plane. Let's roll. Let's do it. Getting started to the land of manhood. Open up your Bible. And let's look at Joshua chapter one. And we see, god's commission to joshua you know in so many ways uh we would be good to read this passage and close in prayer i mean just i i actually hope that you'll take the time to memorize this passage this is in the uh, what we're reading from is the um is, is the message translation just so we can understand it but maybe this is where you take your study bible and memorize this passage over these next several weeks. And and, and again, we may be in this series all of 2021, uh, but my intent is that we're gonna cross over the Jordan River. And my hope is, is that when we're back in the ceasefire building, we're still in Joshua. And it'll be a metaphor for us crossing um, into new land. Joshua chapter one, verse six, strength, courage, Strength, courage. You are going to lead this people. You are going to lead your family. You are going to lead. You will lead. There are people watching you and watching me. You are going to lead this people to inherit the land, the land. And you can underline that if you're an underliner or a highlighter. The land, and we're going to talk about that uh, for the next several months. The land, that I promise to give your ancestors. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you, and there's a place you've got to underline that. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you. That's God's word. That's the Torah. Read it, read it, read it. And he talks about that again later on in the passage. Every bit of it, he says, don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute, let this book of the revelation be out of your mind. Don't let for a minute, this revelation be out of your mind. Meditate on it. Nourish yourself every day ponder and meditate on it day and night making sure you practice everything written in it then you'll get where you're going then you'll succeed isn't it interesting that he's saying that your success will be relative to the degree that you meditate on god's word guys yes Is what we need to be watching and listening to and not all the news or, you know, watching the latest movie on Netflix or whatever it is. God's word is what keeps us anchored. Haven't I commanded you strength, courage, don't be timid, don't get discouraged. God, your God is with you every step you take. Don't get discouraged. Nourish yourself one day at a time, daily manna. That's what we want. So as, as we begin our series, again, we're going to look at this idea of Joshua and the land, and it's going to point us toward manhood or being the man that God intended us to be. Now, I want you to know uh, that I'm going to use two uh, uh, primary resources. I'll use a lot of resources. Um Again, two books uh, that I would commend to your reading. One is Francis Schaefer, a great theologian uh, and men- a teaching mentor of mine in the 70s and 80s. Uh, some of you younger guys never even heard of Francis Schaefer, But uh, I'm using his uh, commentary on Joshua, Joshua and the flow of biblical history, uh, a good way to amplify um, our study through Joshua. And by the way, I, I hope you'll certainly just sit down and read Joshua through several times. And then the second book, I've exposed this to you before, I think back in August in our series on the wilderness, I did one session on summarizing this book. And we're going to tease this out and in, in this idea of, uh, of the book by uh, Pat Morley. And I met Pat back in the 80s when I was uh, still on staff with Executive Ministries of Campus Crusade. Uh, the Christian man. No man succeeds by accident. You need a plan. This is the plan. Subtitle is a conversation about the 10 issues men say matter most. So when Pat Morley wrote his book, he got together with a uh, large group of men and they brainstormed on these 10 issues that men are confronted with daily. Overview of Joshua. First idea of Joshua, it is about conquest. Isn't it interesting that when God is laying out his redemptive history, that he takes the children of Israel out of the wilderness and gives them this graphic story that involves scenes of war that take a period of more than 25 years it's 25 years, you know, my grandfather, your grandfather, uh, fathers uh, fought in World War II. You know, that was five years. Vietnam lasted, how how long did it really last? You know, seven, eight, nine years, Um, 25 years of war, conquest, it is hard. That's the idea that God gives us out of this idea of of what it took Joshua to to engage the enemy and claim the land. And then all through, as much as they're fighting physically, it's really a victory of faith. A victory of faith. It's not a victory of force, per se. They have to engage. They have to get their hands dirty. There's blood on the battlefield, but it's always about victory was due to their faith in God, not to the arm of man. And all through, we're going to see numerous stories where God just shows up. And uh, you know, I I love reading uh, World War II examples and Navy SEAL examples and all that. And I'm telling you, the only reason that we are a nation as we are. It's because God has has given us victory after victory in miraculous ways on the battlefield from George Washington throughout. I mean, there's just numerous of war stories of how God allowed things to happen that gave us victory. And unless we believe in God and trust in God, there is no kind of weapon that'll keep us safe. The way that you can understand the book of Joshua is chapters one through five, entering the land, uh, chapter six through 12, overcoming uh, the land, and then the last section, occupying the land, chapters 13 through 24. So it's broken down into three sections. And then what we have is this incredible idea of the land. I mean, the land was a real place. It was physical. It was this little tiny spot in the Middle East. Who would have ever thought? I mean, the children of Israel had been without a land, at a place for over 500 years. And God was bringing them uh, home. This, this whole idea of Canaan um, is the symbol of what God has given us Um, in the gospel. Now, I want you to to, uh, hold your thought on this idea of land and turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. Because all through this study, the land itself, as real as it is in a physical place, is also a symbol of what we have in the gospel. And it's illustrated here in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verses uh, uh, 8 through 11. Now listen to this. And so this is still a live promise. It wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua. And then interesting, again, he's he's drawing reference to Joshua. It wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua. Otherwise, God wouldn't keep renewing the appointment for today. The promise of arrival and rest is still there for God's people. It's still available. As Canaan was real, it's also a symbol of what God wants to give us. God himself is at rest, and at the end of the journey, we'll surely rest with God. So let's keep at it. Let's keep at it and eventually arrive at the place of rest, not drop out through some sort of disobedience daily, daily walking with God. The Christian life is no more meant to be a wilderness than a wedding feast is meant to be a time of mourning and grief. We spent a lot of time, almost a year, talking about the wilderness. But my goodness, God intends for us to have much more than just a wilderness poor me, poor me experience. He prepared us last year for what he wants to give us this year, just as it took 40 years for a whole generation to die off in the, uh, the children of Israel in order for God to prepare his people for the land that he was given. God has opened up to us in Christ a present experience of life comparable to a fertile, fragrant, fruitful, sunbathed Canaan. As it's described, a land of corn and wine, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land. Now, what's interesting as we look at more closely in this next section, the land, God wants to give us the land. Now, again, what we're going to do is we're going to equate the land metaphorically to maturity, uh, sanctification, if you will, being grown up, being mature. We're going to call it Christian manhood being the man that God designed us to be. He wants to give us that, but we're going to have to move in that direction. So there's three things about this land that that are so critical. First of all, he tells us that it's the safest place that we can be, is moving into the land that God wants us to have. It's all through Hebrews. Um, Canaan was Israel's rest, a home instead of the wilderness, the tired hands and blistered feet were to find refreshing contrast in the responsive yields of Canaan's fertile plains and valleys. The promised rest had been wonderfully prepared for their coming. Deuteronomy 6, 10 and 11. Again, you to turn over to that. And I'm going to read it actually off off of the back of the note here just so I can save on time here. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 and 11 says this. When God, your God, ushers you into the land, and this is the time he's doing it, when he does it that he promised to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you, you're going to walk into large, bustling cities you didn't build. Well-furnished houses, you didn't buy. Come upon wells, you didn't dig. Vineyards and olive orchards, you didn't plant. When you take it all in and settle down, pleased and content. The idea that God would give the children of Israel kind of a fully developed country, he didn't say, okay, here's the wilderness and I want you to build something out here. He says, no, I'm gonna take you into a land that has wells that are already dug, vineyards that are already there, and I'm going to give that to you. And and again, the land of Canaan was a pagan uh, country, and and in the coming weeks, I'll tell you more about what the land of Canaan was like and why God would bring such judgment on Canaan in order to bless his people. But it's like God wants to give so much, they would be able to lie down in safety. None would be afraid, and it's the idea, again, of abundance. Abundance. Wow. A bountiful land, the the land flowing with milk and honey. Deuteronomy 11 says this, the land you're entering to take up ownership isn't like Egypt. The land you left, where you had to plant your own seed and water, it As in a vegetable garden, but the land you're about to cross the river and take for your own is a land of mountains and valleys. It drinks water that rains from the sky. It's a land that God, your God, personally tends. He's the gardener, He alone keeps His eye on it all year long. All through the wilderness, God was describing this land, and now they were going to experience the bounty above and beyond. Anything that we could imagine is what God wants to give us, as Ephesians chapter 3 says. And again, he wants us to be winners. Winners, victors, triumph. Canaan was the place of triumph, a place where winners are defeated, or enemies are defeated. A faithful Israel would experience Canaan as victors, as winners. Deuteronomy chapter 7. When God, your God, brings you into the country that you are about to enter and take over, he will clear out the superpowers that were there before you. The Hittite, the Gerasite, the Amorite, the Ananite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, and the Mosquitoite. Just added that. Those seven nations are all bigger and stronger than you are. God, your God, will turn them over to you and you will conquer them. You must completely destroy them, offering them up as a holy destruction to God. Don't make a treaty with them. Don't let them off in any way. Don't marry them. Don't give your daughters to their sons and don't take their daughters for your sons. Before you know it, that involve you in worshiping their gods and God would explode in anger, putting a quick end to you. Here's what you're to do. These are harsh words. Tear apart their altars stone by stone, smash with phallic pillars, phallic pillars, chop down their sex and religion, Asherah, grows, uh, set fire to their carved God images. What God is doing is bringing judgment on the pagan rituals, the sex, uh, 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 the misuse of sex for religious purposes. It was pagan. And God was bringing judgment on them in order to bless his people. The land, the land. God wants to give us. God wants to give us. Through our series, I'm going to show you some clips out of uh, the hundred most manly movies in the history of uh, movie making. And these these scenes as a man, is oftentimes what we love to watch. Why do we do that? As Ecclesiastes says, eternity is written in our hearts and there's something about being a man that we're drawn to in some of these Hollywood characters. And this is the kind of man in many ways that God was calling Joshua to be. I'm going to show you a clip out of Dirty Harry. Watch this.
2: Drop the gun, freaks! <laughs>
1: I'll blow his brains out! <laughs> Drop the fucking gun! Huh? Uh -uh. I know what you're thinking, punk. You're thinking,
2: did he fire six shots or only five? Now, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself in all this excitement.
1: But being this is a .44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and will blow your head clean off. You got to ask yourself question.
2: Do I feel lucky?
0: Well, do you? Punk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, that's not the typical scene that you see in Sunday school. It's not not the typical scene that we would even equate with a Bible lesson in some ways. But guys, I'm telling you, as brutal as that scene is, we're going to see scenes like that all through the book of Joshua that God has ordained as his word. Now, in no way am I going to say that, you know, we need to pack our guns and start shooting people but i am saying that we have got to be willing to stand up and to fight to be men that god's called us to be and god has called us um to be men that trust him and that are willing to live in the land that he's given us the place of safety and the place of abundance And the place that make us winners. Winners in what way? Winners in being able to proclaim Him, and being a part of His kingdom, and no other kingdom that would be before His. I'm a child of the King. Ten areas that that we'll cover. Just a summary, just an overview this morning. The land. What does the land represent to you and I? It could represent many things because it is what God promised that he will give us. But 10 issues that face us as men. First of all is our identity. Do we really uh, identify ourselves with Jesus more than anything else? I am a Jesus follower. And nothing else exceeds that identity. It's not about where I work. Uh, who I work for, who my daddy was, uh, what accolades that I've received, uh, trophies, sports trophies, uh, work trophies, whatever. I just, I just heard recently of, of um, one of our uh, um, men's father died, and he was given all kinds of accolades um, throughout his life but in many ways died alone, alienated from his family. What did it matter at the end of his life? Who was he really? The idea of life balance, the focus, what's our priorities? We'll take a look at that. And then growth, are we, are, are we really growing? Is there a, a deliberate, intentional approach Uh, to life in terms of growing up to maturity? Or is it just about pleasures, being financially secure? Are we really growing into the men that God wants us to be? And then our marriage. How is your marriage? Can you really say as a man that you're doing everything that you know how to love your wife as Christ loved the church? we will take several weeks and look at marriage. And then our children, Um, and you know, it's the idea of being a a good father, a good grandfather, that we uh, what fathers typically bring um, to the whole child rearing process is structure. Women generally are the nurturers. Doesn't mean that we as men can't nurture. But generally, uh, we are the ones who bring structure we'll talk about that. And then this idea, uh, this latter five of friendships, man, how many men have I talked to through the years uh, that don't have friends? It's such a hard um, acknowledgement to hear that a man doesn't have any friends. And guys, again, even as Joe said, when we first started even though we're at Zoom, in this Zoom modality, um, I want you to, to reach out um, and invite your friends to listen to this. This is gonna be a great series. Again, not because I've come up with something original. As I've said to you many times, uh, uh, my, my gifts are plagiarism and personalization. Uh, my, my sweet wife tell, tells me I'm a curator. I'm like a museum curator. I gather valuable things and share it. She's very kind. Um, And so I'm going to be sharing with you things that I've gathered and learned from others, but these are going to be valuable to your friends. Invite them to tune in. And then this idea of work. What what is the uh, appropriate value that we place on work? What, What is a good work ethic? We'll take some time and examine that. And then this idea of lust. That would be the idea of addiction. How do we deal with that? How how do we deal with those things that capture us in a way that we can't stop and seem to rob us of the life that we so want? This ninth one is the idea of our world, our culture. How do we relate to our culture, the world around us? And then finally, this idea of telling your story, reaching out uh, to others. One of the most powerful ways, again, to share the gospel is simply share your story. Do you have a story? Do you know what your story is? Um, We'll talk about that. Guys, I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about spending uh, this whole next year, 2021, uh, moving into the promised land. Uh, I look forward uh, to the day uh, that we're all back at ceasefire. And until that day, every Thursday morning, I trust you'll get back uh, into your routine. As Joe was saying earlier, Uh, invite your friends to tune in, and we will continue this series. Joshua take the land, be the man. Joshua is a symbol of Jesus, that he was the Savior. He was the one that fought for our salvation. The land is a symbol of all that God has promised to give us. Let's seize the promise, and it's only by our trust in Jesus that that even becomes possible. Glad you tuned in. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much uh, for this morning. Thank you for my brothers. Lord, thank you for your rich word that gives us a story of Joshua, of how we can begin to realize your promises that you've given us all throughout scripture in such a three-dimensional graphic sort of way. Make us the men that you designed us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a great week.